From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. You're with James Freeman and the Freeman Report on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hello and welcome to the Freeman Report, which puts the world's leading scientists, doctors, politicians and expert commenters right at the heart of today's news talk and our fight for freedom, liberty and justice. Um, My name is James Freeman. It is Tuesday, the 6th of February 2024. And on today's show, we'll be discussing a new report from the Academy of Medical Sciences, a body that represents medical scientists and health researchers in the UK. Now, the reporting question highlights major and increasing health issues for the under fives in the UK. The society says young children are being betrayed and that the problems we are seeing are limiting their future and also damaging the future economic prosperity of the UK as a whole. Um, The report says factors related to the pandemic and increases in the cost of living are to blame and that this has been particularly damaging to children living in more deprived areas. Now, it shouldn't be a surprise that lockdowns and other COVID measures have impacted children's health. Apart from it being bleeding obvious um, that this would happen to anybody with an ounce of intelligence and foresight, um, we've also now had many reports showing the damage that's been done. It should also be no surprise that the so-called cost of living crisis has impacted children's health. Although before we go on, I'd like to point out that is actually not a cost of living crisis. This term has been created by the government and mainstream media to obfuscate what is actually taking place. Because calling it a cost of living crisis makes it sound like it's just one of those things. You know, it's just the cost of living crisis. When the reality is that it is a transfer of wealth crisis inflicted on the poorest in society. That is what it should be called because the money hasn't disappeared. It's just going somewhere else. During the COVID period, we witnessed one of the largest transfers of wealth in history from those who can least afford it to the corporations and those who have already more than they could ever need. Now, looking back, an Oxfam report published in 2022 claimed that the pandemic created a new billionaire every 30 hours and that the rising cost of food and energy meant that billionaires in those sectors had increased their fortunes by one billion every two days. Overall, billionaires' wealth rose more in 2020 and 2021 than in the previous 23 years combined. Now, this 2022 report also calculated that the total wealth of the world's billionaires was equivalent to 13.9% of global GDP, a threefold increase um, from 4.4% in in, at the start of 2020. Now, I'm going to repeat that figure because it is very revealing. The world's billionaires increased their wealth as a share of global GDP from 4.4% before 2020 to 13.9% at the end of 2021. God knows what it's standing at now. 
Now, the report that I started talking about from the Academy of Medical Sciences says that in the UK, 20% of five-year-olds are now obese and that children in deprived areas are twice as likely to be obese compared to affluent areas. This isn't rocket science. It should be obvious. If you squeeze the incomes of ordinary people to create more billionaires, there will be consequences. If you close down small businesses and load them up with debt, there will be knock-on effects for ordinary folk. The other factor that I think is important in all of this is if you give the population an experimental new drug that causes major health issues, then there will also be consequences. 32% more people are not working due to long-term health issues now versus prior to the pandemic. That's 2.6 million people in total who are now off work due to long-term sickness. Now, there are other factors impacting on children's development and health, but let's not kid ourselves that these are the root cause of the problem. My first guest today, Lucy Marsh from the Family Education Trust, thinks that smartphones and screens are a factor and that the decline in marriage is also part of the problem. Now, I agree with Lucy on this, um, but I do think the squeeze on incomes and um, that the effect on the general health of the nation is by far the largest factor. And the other issues like smartphones and social media and the decline in marriage um, you know, these are actually related to um, deprivation and the squeeze on people's standard of living. You know, when parents are, are working every hour or they're ill or they're stressed out, then they will use screens as a surrogate um, babysitter for their children. So expect a lively debate on all of that with Lucy um, from the Family Education Trust in just a moment. Um, my second guest today is TikToker Dale Penny, who goes under the name of Mark Sass on the video hosting platform. Dale's been on the show many times now, and he never disappoints with his dark cutting humour. On today's show, we'll be reviewing news stories from Australia and other parts of the world. Now, if you want to get in touch, as always, email me at jamesfreeman at tntradio.live. And at TNT, we never go home. We're committed to bring you our take on the biggest topics of our time. We broadcast live 24-7 online globally, no matter what. So we've got you covered right here on today's News Talk TNT. Your voice heard here. The government needs to step up and do its job. Today's News Talk Radio TNT. Good morning, Gemma. How are you doing today? Yes, very well. Thank you. Very well. Looking forward to the show. Sounds like a great topic of conversation. Great guests. And yeah, lots of themes to bring in there to the, the changing times we, we live in and, and the effect it's having. Yeah. I mean, look, me and Lucy, I think, agree on pretty much everything. But I think within that, I know the Family Education Trust focuses on the breakdown of marriage and, you know, the issues um, around the family and the effect that that has on children. Um 
I so I think we're agreeing on stuff, but it's going to be a lively debate because I'm going to challenge Lucy because I think actually a lot of the problems going on now are doomed down to the financial situation people find themselves in, the the lack of services or the withdrawal of services for families and children and all the other things that we've seen what over the last 14 years now um, since we had austerity um, with the Conservative government that came in. So, so yeah, expect a lively debate. Yeah, very interesting indeed. Well, another debate that's ongoing and it's been discussed on many uh, UK shows here at TNT is the uh, the recruitment and retention crisis that our armed forces are facing. Um, but there's a story out today, I've just uh, come across this one about the uh, Royal Air Force and uh, the amount of women that are leaving or have left the Royal Air Force in their droves after widespread and endemic by the sounds of it, sexual harassment, predatory behaviour. And the latest case study to come out today is a woman who's calling herself Grace. It's not her real name. She's a young woman. She's come out. Uh, she's keeping her anonymity, but she's saying she quit last year uh, after three years. She stuck it for three years in the RAF, but she said the sexual harassment was so bad from her boss, from her male manager, that she would routinely have to go and lock herself into the toilets, into the female toilets, just to feel safe at work. She since has quit and she's now urging other young women to think very, very carefully before joining the forces. So I think this gives some indication as to why our armed forces in a time where we may be talking about conscription, which was mooted just not, you know, a few days ago here in the UK, uh, that some of the reasons people might not be so keen to join are finally being exposed. I mean, this comes off the back of the Royal Air Force's damning, damning uh, findings into the Red Arrows, the world famous Red Arrows flight display team last year, uh, whose uh, behavior towards female members of the RAF squadron was absolutely appalling. And when they were called out, it was the women that were blamed for calling it out. In fact, this young woman, Grace, who not her real name, who um, was subject to the sexual harassment by her, her senior manager, her boss, she says she first raised the complaint informally, which is normally how it works in public sector institutions. You raise a complaint informally and you see if it can be mediated and managed. So she raised the complaint informally first and she found herself sanctioned uh, for for raising a legitimate complaint, she was made to be put in the wrong. She then raised it formally. Um, she was her complaint was upheld. Um, she was assured that the manager's uh, actions would be dealt with. She hasn't been told how. She subsequently quit anyway. She said the uh, whole experience has left her anxious. Uh, her mental health has been severely affected, and she has panic attacks. Well, if you're feeling so unsafe at work that you have to go and lock yourself in the toilet, then there are questions to be answered. She said on a routine basis she would face consistent explicit remarks and comments from her male manager. Uh, she was constantly asked what about sexual activities and what she would do in certain scenarios. I think you'll agree with me there, James, that's totally inappropriate uh, comments for the workplace. Some people talk about banter. I think that has gone too far. Um, but as I say, she complained informally first. She was the one to make to feel uh, that she was in the wrong. Now, the RAF has looked at all this and has agreed with the, with the findings in this particular case. It says that lessons have been learned. We, we have to ask us, ourselves, have they? Because if this behavior was allowed in, you know, something as prestigious and, and well-known as the world-famous Red Arrows flight display team, uh, which was severely criticized last year and it's still going on, have lessons been learned or are they just hoping that, you know, people will not come forward, which seems to be the culture. So while we are facing this huge reten uh, retention and recruitment uh, crisis, and it is a crisis in our armed forces, um, we're also looking at figures that say that 92% of women uh, across the, the forces who have experienced discrimination have not lodged of a complaint because most women who do, if it seems to be found here with the figures, uh, lose their careers.
Is there any indication um, whether, because quite often we hear these figures, um, you know, and um, I guess it's a question of, is this a thing which is increasing over time or is the reporting getting better as obviously people become aware of these issues? Is there any indication of that? No, and that that is the question. I think that may be quite unquantifiable, actually, because say this happened to a woman 30 years ago, what would she have done? Left without telling anyone and quietly sobbed to her husband and tried to get on with her life in, in Civvy Street? You just don't know. Unless case studies come forward historic, we won't know the balance. I suspect it's the latter. I suspect there is more debate and, and there is more um, understanding that these things in the workplace are wrong. Uh, and they shouldn't be put up with just because a culture is, is a particular workplace culture doesn't mean it's right. Um, but what's what's strange? What's not strange? What's the word I'm looking for? What's shocking actually is that that you know these women have come forward. This woman did come forward and was sanctioned, made to feel she was wrong. Um, other women say they they wouldn't come forward in the first place of fear of losing their careers, and she did come forward. Her complaint was upheld, but the damage was done, and she left anyway. Um, so yeah, I think it probably is more that people are more likely to come forward, but there's no mm. guarantee if you do that you'll be listened to. Um, and I do feel sorry for maybe women who were in the forces maybe 10, 20, 30 years ago, well, maybe not that long ago because women weren't in the forces, but since women have been in, what problems have they been facing? And they've just gone quietly or ended up having a breakdown or ended up on antidepressants. And we just don't know. We just don't know what those figures are. Yeah, so I'm just wondering if this is having if this is one of the factors which is in, impacting on recruitment. Um, you know, because we know the recruitment is getting worse. That this problem that they've got, um, I guess, publicising it now um, is not a great advert for for women going into the services. Um, but um, I, I'm not quite sure. I'm just trying to get a feel for whether this is partly responsible for the problems they're having. I probably suspect not. Um, you know, and I've seen lots of um, many people will who um, watch TikTok and, and and Twitter will have seen lots of videos of people questioning why the hell would working class, um, they particularly talk about white males, but, you know, this can be applied to anyone in society, really. Why the hell would people want to go in and serve their country when the country itself, the establishment, treats the population like it has um, over the past four years in particular? You know, um, lots of people were very patriotic um, about the country in the past. A lot of those people now um, are looking at the UK and they don't particularly like what they see um, in many respects, you know, the, the inequality in terms of wealth, the fact that we've got a royal family that is just so out of touch. I mean, you know, the big questions about whether we should even have a mon monarchy. Um, I've got my own ideas on that. Um, but, you know, politicians as well, watching what the government is doing while we all get squeezed, people lose their jobs and people are in poverty while the politicians just carry on oblivious. Um, it's not a great advertisement, is it, for putting your life at line for your country? No, when you put it like that, absolutely not. But I'm sure you're not the only person putting it like that. As you say, there are many people out there on social media saying exactly the same thing. And I do applaud these women coming forward. I mean, I must say, I don't think it's the uh, the RAF, the Royal Air Force, that's publicising this. They're doing their very best to keep it hush-hush, as far as I can see. I think it's that people are bypassing um, traditional forms of, of, of how you get information out. I mean, that's what social media is for, isn't there? You Probably somebody might feel com more comfortable putting their story on their own um, social media page because it's theirs, they've got control over it rather than trying to go through official channels. I mean, the way the world uh, gets its information and disseminates information as individuals and as organizations has completely changed. And I think that's a factor in why these stories are now coming out because people have ownership of their own narratives.
Yeah, and of course, you know, um, sexual harassment and this kind of behaviour is is bad in any work environment. But, you know, and, and I've got no experience of this, so this is just my assumption, but I should imagine that it's much, much worse um, when it's experienced within the armed forces because of the, the military structure in place and how, you know, you, you like, for example, you know, you get punished if you jump above your boss and go above their head to report on things. That's not the way it's done in the military. You know, it's it's dealt with within your unit. So there's very much a chain of command. Um, so I should imagine it's pretty awful um, when it does go on there. Not that it isn't awful elsewhere, but do you see what I mean? That it's, I think, you know, particularly bad. Um, Goodness gracious me, um, what an absolute a state um, th th this presents of our um, armed forces. Um, like I said, we've already got a recruitment um, problem there. Um, this isn't a great advertisement on top of that. Um, thank you very much for that that story, Gemma. I'm looking forward to another great story tomorrow. Um, and on to the debate. The next debate um, after this break is all going to be about what is causing all these health issues in the under fives um, that is um you know it's very alarming um this new report i've got my own ideas which i've expressed already um lucy march um is going to join me from the family education trust to give me her view on why she thinks this is happening so stay put with us right here on tnt tnt's pervoy morich he details factually how russia is rolling out the algorithm ghetto, um, you know, the, the, the multipolar edition of the algorithm ghetto, a prototype of a traffic light that records traffic violations by a pedestrian at a crossing was tested in Moscow. So Russians now, they'll they'll have a, the government will take a snapshot of their face and then run that through the databases to figure out who is who and then find them, uh, I suppose. Uh, and then, you know, he, he points out that there are a lot of developments now, Moscow 2030, it's it's uh they want to make uh moscow achieve smart city status uh and there's just you know you look at the white papers moscow and russia are all in on agenda 2030 smart cities algorithm ghetto digital ids pervoy morich on today's news talk tnt a better business tip from tnt radio News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Internet. Internet. A stream online. TNTradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Right. I'm looking forward to this next debate, Lucy. Um, yeah, this is a really important. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a parent myself. Um, I've got my own ideas on what I think is causing these problems, but I know you have and the Family Education Trust, that is kind of what you do. So, so I'm really, like I said, I'm really looking forward to this debate. Um, Lucy, I wonder if you wouldn't mind starting. Um, you, I know you've been on the Freeman Report before, but I wonder if you wouldn't mind just starting, just giving us a little bit of background um, about the Family Education Trust, what it is and what it does. So 
we are a national research organization. So we've been around for more than 53 years now. And uh, we were established to look into the causes of family breakdown and find out what was happening um, because uh, we strongly believe that family breakdown is, is, is the cause for a lot of the problems that we're seeing in society today. So we conduct research reports and we, um, we, we gather the evidence um, just to show what's happening, how trends in societal um, outcomes are basically causing issues for children and for families and uh, not not great for society as a whole. So we, we look at what's happening and we try to tell people um, what, what, what is needed to, to sort out these issues. And, um, you know, in terms of the groups that you engage with, um, I'm, I'm sure MPs, what, what other organisations in society do you, do you engage with? Well, we we engage with with any any people who are on the same page as us, really. So uh, we do we, we work with a lot of MPs. We've given evidence to select committees um, over um, several years. Uh, we try to we have a lot of research reports coming out. Uh, for example, we we did a, a report a few years ago uh, about the, uh, the the grooming gangs in the UK, um, the the child abuse scandals, and uh, we looked into that and we looked into what changes needed to be done to prevent it from happening again and unfortunately it continues to happen and still happens um we've got reports coming out this year looking into um toxic masculinity how children are being taught that that, that masculine all masculinity is toxic basically and that's something that the labor government should they get in so that they want to bring into classroom so we're looking into that that's our next one due out into why this is not great for, for children especially negative for boys so we've got various reports due out this year um, um we've got one out on the uh the, um the history of drag queen story hour and why this is um, not a this lovely family friendly inclusive thing but actually really dangerous so there are reports have got out like that and we engage with policy makers and other organizations doing similar things to us yeah now the reason i think you've been probably on the freeman report now this is probably your fourth appearance it is because of this really important work that you're doing i i really think it's really important um you know the 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 the, the issues you're raising um and the research that you're doing um lucy now um quickly before we dive into the detail um how do you fund yourself we are funded entirely by donations uh, from the public. Uh, so we're, we're a registered charity. So all our funding comes from come, comes from the public and from individuals uh, who, who who want to to help us with the work that we're doing. Yeah, fantastic. So if you're watching this and these issues are important to you, please do consider maybe giving um, a monthly donation or something of the like um, to the Family Education Trust because they are doing a lot of the work behind the scenes that you don't necessarily hear about in the newspapers every day, but they are there and they're the ones that are actually highlighting the issues. Lucy, tell us about this new report from the Academy of Medical Sciences. Uh, yeah, so it makes very depressing reading, to be honest, that, that the UK is one of the lowest out of the developed countries for outcomes for children aged age 0 to 5. Uh, we've got uh, huge issues with all kinds of things with, with poor health. Uh, so uh, a, a quarter of, uh, of under fives are obese um, in this country. We've got massive problems with tooth decay, uh, with mental health um, and and. Um, issues with families and it, it's quite it's really quite alarming um I was just looking at the um some of the stats on there that, that basically behavioral problems um in young children are six times higher when they've been exposed to um issues with their parents so a lot of this is stemming is stemming with the parents uh problems and 
yeah, it's 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 really worrying to think that we, as as a developed, relatively wealthy nation, have, have basically failing our, our our young children, like massively failing our, our young children. And the the problem is, is that if we're failing them at this age, evidence shows that that the, this age, the not to five years, lays the foundation for how their emotional and mental health is going to be when they're adolescents and as young adults. So if they're having issues now at this age, then it, it's really concerning as to what's going to happen to these young children as they grow up. Yeah, I mean, I, I studied um, psychology um, both at a, a degree and master's level and, you know, child development is incredibly important. There are specific periods in child development where if you miss that um, and they don't develop the skills they need, it's not that they can never recover, but it's much, much more difficult later in life and, and it makes it much more difficult to catch up. So it's incredibly important periods in, in young life there. Um Lucy, before we um, we go to the head, news headlines and then after that, we're going to talk about what we think the causes are. Before we go to the break, though, um, is this problem increasing or is it getting worse? Is it getting, you know, is it staying the same? Is it just a case of better reporting or... No, it's getting worse. It's significantly worse. Like all of the, it's not just this report. There are other reports that that, that have come out that point to this problem. It, it is getting worse. And as as more families break down, um, and as less parents stay together, children have poor 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 outcomes. So this is only going to get worse uh, unless the cause of this is actually dealt with. At the moment, the the, the uh, people who have written the report are recommending certain. Um, interventions to solve the, the the issues but they're not actually in my opinion they're not actually going into the root cause of all of these issues uh, that which is family breakdown they're looking at interventions to, to solve the actual problems like tooth decay like obesity and they're even talking about referrals for more referrals for children under two to mental health services and you think gosh if a child under two needs a referral to a mental health services then what on earth is going on in that child's home life for them to actually warrant that so i think we need to look deeper into the causes rather than just treating the the actual um, symptoms yeah exactly and we're going to do that after this break we're certainly going to have a debate anyway about what we think is going on there are lots of issues here to do with you know children's development with screen time and all of that i've got my own views because i do think that is an issue social media screen time um you know children just being left with ipads instead of actually getting input from parents but I, I would go further than that, and I think there's much more wider issues to do with what's going on with the so-called um, cost of living crisis and the effect that that's having on the wider society. Or the, And I say the so-called um, cost of living crisis because I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment, Lucy. Um, so we're going to go to the break now, but stay put because um, hopefully we'll have a lively debate in just a minute right here on TNT Radio. TNT Radio News. Bring the news. Matt Boyland here with your TNT headlines. Donald Trump has slammed the so-called border bill released by the US Senate, calling it the dumbest bill he's ever seen. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has confirmed he's considering replacing the commander of Ukraine's armed forces, conceding a reset is needed following Kyiv's failed counteroffensive. And Tucker Carlson has ignited a media frenzy after he turned up in Russia, fueling speculation he could be there to interview President Vladimir Putin. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 
365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Right, Lucy. Um, I guess let's start. Um, you tell me what you think um, these problems are, because it seems that they're not just getting worse, but it seems to be increasing the speed at which things are getting worse. What are your thoughts of the big picture in society? What's causing this? Well, the big picture that is not mentioned by the authors of this report is 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 family breakdown. So there was a, a recent report to come out in the UK that marriage is, is at an all-time low. So we've, we've now got uh, less than half of couples in England and Wales are, are married. That's for the first time ever that that's happened. Um, and um, a quarter of families with, with children in this country are, are single parents, mainly women. And of, of those single parents, more than half of them are living in poverty. And the authors of this report mentioned poverty as the biggest driver in, in poor health outcomes for, for young children but that is not mentioned in the report people don't want to go there they don't want to, to, to say oh well actually the rise in single parent families and family breakdown is a is a problem because it's considered quite bigoted to actually say that these days that, that marriage is important but, but it, it is important because that that is the biggest indicator of stability um and in in families uh, Couples who are married, the mother and father get married, still the best way within a loving and stable relationship to raise children because they are more likely to stay together when they make that public commitment to each other. But it's just becoming it's becoming out of fashion. Um, it's not a thing that people do these days. And uh, the authors, the authors, um, experts who've talked about the report in the, the decline in marriage are even calling for more legal rights for cohabiting couples, which seems to me ridiculous because we've already got a legal system whereby um, husbands and wives have, have more, more legal rights and it's called marriage. Why do we need to reinvent it when this has been around for um, hundreds of years? Why, why are we trying to change it now? It, it just seems um, unfathomable to me. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd agree with you on, on those points, but I guess I'd go further and ask, you know, kind of why are we seeing this breakdown in um, in, in in the family? You know, because, um, you know, fewer people are getting married, um, more people are breaking up when they are married. I think that um, probably actually this is this is linked to um, the economic situation and what's going on people's lives because people are stressed. You know, lots of families yeah. haven't got enough money to live on. Um, they're doing multiple jobs. Um, you know, they've got lots of things to worry about, lots of stress in life. And this this doesn't make for a good environment um, for um, a healthy um, relationships and, and a family unit. There is also the other thing about cost of getting married as well. Um, you yeah. know, I know that you can get married in a in a registry office and, and all of that. But, you know, most people, when they think about marriage, they think about, you know, a big wedding with lots of guests. Lots of people can't afford that now, can they? Mm, I know. Well, that's that's the thing. I, I suppose it's probably not helping that this this big push. Social media doesn't help because it's everybody's looking at what other people are doing and looking at their wedding pictures. And I suppose wanting to keep up with the Joneses to paraphrase to say that you want that big party that everybody else wants. Uh, but 
But you don't you don't have to have that. You, you know, you're looking back a few decades. People didn't used to have these huge, great big weddings. Um, so it, that, that I suppose is is unnecessary. Um, you know, it could be more in, encouraged. The government could give more financial incentives to, to get married. Um, for example, that's been done in Hungary uh, quite successfully because because they looked at their declining birth rate and they looked at the breakdown in families happening in Hungary, and they've brought in actual incentives to to, to encourage younger people to get married and and to have and to have more children which which seems to be working well for them over there but it seemed in this country the government are putting in so many penalties if you do get married um so people think well actually they're better off if if they stay single and then they can actually get more state benefits if, if, if they don't get married and, and, and live together so mm. it's very upside down in this country and i think the government really needs to have an actual a proper deep dive into into what's going on and and, and look at some long-term solutions rather than just treating the symptoms as they seem to continually do and and Lucy, do you think that actually being married itself creates so the actual act of being married actually creates more stability? Or do you think that actually the people that get married are more likely, you know, they're already more stable and actually they just, you know, they're getting married. Do you see what I mean? Does does actually yeah. being married make any difference at all? Well, it, it does. If you look at there's some interesting research from the Marriage Foundation that, that have looked into that. They've looked at what is the difference between cohabiting couples who have children and what's the difference between couples who get married. And it seems to be it is that public declaration in front of their friends and family that they are they make those vows to each other that it, that seems to be the difference between they have made that public declaration and that, that, that they are more likely to stay together. Um, so basically at the moment, um, half of children in the UK don't live with both their natural parents. Most of those, that's due to the separation of their parents who cohabited, not parents who were married. So whether it's the question of that it's harder to get divorced than it is to split up if you're just cohabiting and um it, obviously, you have to have more of a divide of the, of the rights within the marital home than if you're cohabiting. I mean, I, I know a few people who have just lived together and the, the, the mother has ended up being completely screwed over, basically, because they have no rights to remain in the family home. So uh, there's there's a, a number of different things, but the evidence still shows that that, that that actual act of getting married does encourage people to stay together longer. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with you, you know, that, that having um, both parents and having a strong family unit, unit is uh, definitely beneficial for children. And there's a real problem um, for a lot of children that don't have that stability. Um, yeah. Lucy, now, the other thing that you talk about a lot in the Family Education Trust is clearly what kids are being taught in schools these days mm -hmm. to do with sex and relationships um, and all of this. How, now, this is a relatively new thing we're talking about here. It's only been in the last few years, well, certainly that we've been aware of this kind of teaching. How much of a threat do you think this is now for um, what we have left of, of the marriage and the family unit? It's it's a huge threat, and uh, and actually, um, James, it's actually been going on for longer than than, than we see that the the we've been doing research on this for quite a long time, and this is this 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 um, promotion of promiscuity, to, to put it in, in that way, has been coming up for quite a long time. It's only really in the last few years that it's become such a massive thing publicly. But you, you don't find marriage really anywhere in any of the any of the um, um, information that's given to children within within PHC. I mean, certainly looking at documents I've seen from my own children's school in terms of what they're being taught about relationships, sex and, and, and health education, marriage isn't mentioned. They just talk about 
they don't even really talk that much about the age of consent. They basically say, well, if 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 you're ready to have sex and your partner is ready to have sex, um, then just go for it, really. And it's just all about consent within a moral vacuum. There's no talk about long-term relationships. There's no talk about marriage and actually why actually saving that for within a, a, a strong marriage is, is much better for your mental health and your emotional health and, you know, your long-term happiness. It isn't, it isn't mentioned anymore. It's just seen as old-fashioned and, and out dated and it, it's really it's really sad not only is it sad but it's really harmful for, for, for children and we're, we're seeing the consequences of that now with massive issues with with mental health in not only teenagers but as we've seen from this report in very young children it is it's hugely concerning as to where society is going with this yeah, it certainly is, um, because, you know, years ago, before kids were being taught all of this stuff, there was just, I don't know, there was just the acceptance that being, you know, in a marriage, now a marriage, you know, I think the the things that come with that, it's stability, it's commitment, um, you know, and the family units, this is the really important things. And kids these days are being taught, well, you know, You've got lots of different lifestyles um, you, ahead of you, you know, and and that whole thing with marriage um, and the family unit and the stability, I think, is being eroded partly because of, of these values that are being taught in schools. Um, in You said you've been tracking this for a long time. Obviously, it's really become very apparent to a lot of people only really in the last few years because of the, the people raising issues um, about raising awareness, sorry, like on TNT here and the work that you're doing. Are there any signs that this is going to be reversed, these trends that we're seeing in schools? Not anytime soon. Um, we just, at the moment, it's like we're banging our heads against a brick wall, really. Um if if you mention this, if you mention that, that marriage is important and that actually people that children are taught that all families are different and families look different and it it doesn't matter if there's two mums or two dads or one mum or one dad or all kinds of things now and or surrogacy is that's now a big thing now and with the children are taught in school that it doesn't matter. But it does matter. It it really does mm. matter. And and we've just got to keep providing the evidence because if we can keep showing the evidence that it's harmful for children, um, hopefully at some point ministers will act in government will actually look and see, well, actually we are harming children. We need to stop this. Um, so there's no, as I think we said before, there's no regulation on who comes in and teaches relationship and sex education in schools. Anybody in this country can just put themselves up as an expert and just be offering their, their, their services into schools and going in and teaching all kinds of things to, to, to children and often parents don't even know they have no idea what's being taught until their, their problem comes up so the transparency is it's just not there and it, it's just a really shocking situation at the moment to be honest i really wish that they would just actually press pause and stop teaching this until they get a handle yeah. on what's going on yeah, exactly. Um, sadly, we've run out of time, Lucy. And of course, the big thing that we haven't really debated there is um, what happened over the last four years, the closing down of schools, um, all of the impacts that that's had on children. The fact that we've now got 2.6 million adults um, on long-term sick um, away from work, which is an increase of nearly a third since before the pandemic. All of these things are going to have a factor. It seems like all of the indicators at the moment, including financial as well, are all going in the wrong direction which is probably why you'll be back on this show very soon lucy to um so we can carry on this debate ladies and gentlemen lucy march um marsh of the family education trust thank you very much lucy
Right, okay, we're going to take a short break now. And after that break, um, Dale Penny um, from TikTok is going to join me. He goes under the name of Mark Sass on the platform. He's got a very dark and cutting sense of humour. Um, and we're going to be reviewing some of the news around the world. So don't go anywhere. Stick with me, James Freeman on TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, the latest in the Michael Mann versus Mark Stein trial is a little bit interesting, and I'm trying to figure out if this is right. Apparently, Dr. Mann's lawyers, there are four of them, and remember, Mark Stein is defending himself by himself. Apparently, they've asked for a nominal fee as far as damages go, and there is a rumor that what was asked for, now sit down, you ready for this? was $1. Now, Mark Stein has spent around $3.5 million, I've heard. I don't know, maybe it's more, maybe it's less. Defending himself from Michael Mann and Michael Mann's lawsuit over the fact that Mark Stein thinks that Michael Mann hid the data and he called him a fraud, right? Now, I could see, for instance, let's say uh, the number one climatologist in the world said that to you. That's one thing. But Mark Stein is a journalist. That's the first thing. Second thing is, he had to raise the money to defend himself. And we've gone over this. But $1? Why would Michael Mann only want $1? You know why? He just wants the decision. He just wants to be able to say, see, he actually did defame me. I won the court case. Well, I don't think Stein wants any part of that because of the fact that he wants to drill it home that what Michael Mann did, take two samples out of 22 and then hide, he did. He hit the data from people who would criticize it and actually tear it apart. Mark Stein wants that to come out. One's pursuing the truth, the other seems to be hiding it. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. You are loved. You are valued. You are resilient. You got this. You are there for them. We are here for you. Find free care guides at aarp.org slash caregiving. James Freeman on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Right. Now, what we've just been talking about with the Family Education Trust, incredibly important issues for all of us in society, whether you have kids or not, because the next generation of um, of kids are obviously going to be the next generation of adults. Um, and as we get older, we need a functioning society. Um, Dale, you were listening in, weren't you, um, on well, my last yeah. interview? Um, and as we get older, we need a functioning society. Um Dale, you were listening in, weren't you, um, on was, my last yeah. interview? Yeah, I was beavering um, away and scribbling notes down because there's so many things that I wanted to I wanted to add my two cents worth. But it's not. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I guess I should int introduce you. So this is Dale Penny, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to look at him on TikTok, get yourself over to the platform and search for Mark Sass. That's M A R C S A S. So Dale, what have you got to say about the debate? Then we've just been having. Well, firstly, I was just going to say, as we live in the uh, Democratic People's Republic of Australia, even if people do go to TikTok, they're unlikely to find me because uh, I'm censored most of the time and none of my posts get seen. But that's all right. 
so sorry, what were you asking me? You just yes, yeah, so you just had Lucy on, and everything you were talking to, uh, the, everything you were talking about, I, like me and my wife discuss this all the time. The the whole parenting thing, the most important choice you're going to make in life is who your partner is going to be it's not what job you're going to have it's not where you're going to live what house or car you're going to buy it's what partner you're going to create life with and that seems to have been completely blown out the window the way that people take marriage and relationships and they're ended in you know as soon as the, the going gets tough things end really quickly and it, it oh, i could go on to a big rant here james do, so, do, do, please, right. Derek, Dale, okay. please. So, see, and you were talking about uh, sort of sex education with children. If you look at, oh, I wasn't even planning on having this conversation, but I think a lot of it stems from people aren't choosing the right partners, so they're not ending up staying with those. So they're creating life, children, but they're not staying with those partners. They're not creating a happy and comfortable and stable family life. But that goes back to... Uh, just the courting process. I mean, that's an old word. Mm, but yeah. when you're when you're dating, see, we're trying to teach our daughter. She's twelve. We're obviously not really talking to her about sex. But what's on our mind is that the way you, the way that a female, a girl, a young woman has to behave is to hold things back because a male naturally is a hunter and wants the thrill of the chase. To, before he wins, before he gets the prize, he wants the chase. If things are thrown at him too easily, it's like, ah, I'll put that lady in that category. That's not one that I'm going to marry. That's one I'm going to have sex with. They want the chase, the thing they're not going to get. So so what you find when when you get people that don't, they they give it, if, if, a, if, a, if a young lady allows a man to get intimate too quickly, none of that, initial phase where they're building mm. a relationship and a friendship has been established and so all the while the guy's waiting oh i'm you know i want to have sex with this guy. i want to have sex when well, i have sex they're building this friendship and relationship and it's at that point where the female is deciding whether or not that male is going to be a good mate or not and dale um we're going on a total tangent here. We weren't planning yeah. on to talk about this no. at all, but this is really good. Do you think, um, yeah, we've got the papers there for in a minute. Um, do you think this this trend that, I mean, it started before I, I was last dating, um, online dating, because most yeah. people I know these days that are together have met via online dating. So you essentially what you're doing is, you know, back in the day, you met your partner that you would stay with for the rest of your life and get married and create kids with. You would meet them generally through either, you know, events that happened in your life, whether you went to university and people you met there or through your wider circle of friends. Yeah. And that's very, very different, isn't it? then putting all your information into a website and then that saying, well, what about this person? What about this person? Do you think, yeah, yeah, I mean, this, I'm just, it, I'm just kind well, of, it's um, funny that you, you and I are of a similar vintage. So, you know, we were out meeting, meeting birds at the local pub or <laughs> clubs. And, you know, and if you had a bit of game and you were, and you were confident enough, you might go up to the sexy girl and try your luck. Uh, but obviously now it's kind of, dick pics and you know all this stuff like I, I was blown away when i first heard you know i worked with a young dude 
10 years ago and he'd be saying, oh, yeah, you know, send girls. I was like, really, you really do that? That's outrageous. Uh, but again, it comes down to parenting. Uh, why aren't the parents saying, well, this is, you know, this is how you should be treating a woman. This is how you should be trying to, to attract a mate. This is what you need to do. You need to be using your, your confidence and your, and your humor and your wit and your charm or your intelligence. But no one's teaching any of this stuff to kids anymore. Mm. They're, they're, oh, I don't want to offend you. Oh, do you feel like you're a, what do you feel like today? Are you a boy or a girl or a non-binary or this? Don't let people offend you. Don't. None of that old stuff is being taught. I'm trying to teach it to my kids, but I don't think it's happening a lot elsewhere. Yeah, we we, we, we teach this stuff to, to our kids as well. Um, do you think that, because the thing is, there is a vacuum in society wider that, you know, in terms of bringing kids up properly, there definitely is a, a vacuum, I think, of teaching these values and these skills as well, you know, because what, you, what you're talking about there, you're talking yeah. to your daughter Lost about, skills. you know, the, the impact of your behaviours on relationships and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, do you think, because obviously now we're seeing these um, sex and relationship lessons in schools. I don't know, by the way, is this going on in Australia as well? Because it's a big thing in the UK at the moment. Uh I've not experienced it, but but we also, I mean, my daughter's 12, so we pre-warn her as to some of the topics that might come out of school. We just say to her, just nod and play along. But the reality yeah. is this is really, you know, this is what you should be thinking about when those types of conversations are happening. Uh, yeah, I think it's happening in certain schools, but we've been quite selective in the school. Well, she's literally just started secondary school uh, this uh, last Thursday. So at primary school, maybe it's a bit different. Not noticed it there, but maybe at yeah. secondary school, they start to ramp it up a bit. But but I, I mean, I think we need to move on in a second because obviously we have actually got some stuff we're going to talk about. Uh, yes. But it's always good to, to to have this debate. But yeah, I do I do worry about that that vacuum is being filled by these you know new ideologies of you know you yeah. can just be whatever sex you want and you can yeah. you know. You can the, be a cat the kids if you want, being, apparently. All the kids are just being left alone to sit in a room for t 10 hours a night looking at a screen. And the, you know, the Brianna, the murder of that young Brianna um, by Scarlett Jenkinson just recently in the UK that I've been reading about, you know, that girl that did the murder, you know, she was accessing dark web red rooms at the age of 13. I mean, if you've ever tried to get on the dark web, it's like that's not an easy thing to do. So how is that being facilitated? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. All okay. Right. Dale, let's talk about world news. Um, and, and let's start with Australia, because I know you've got some newspapers there from Australia. So very, what very are the mainstream press in Australia telling their citizens? Are they talking about, um, you know, the prospect of World War Three? Are they talking about, you know, the situation in Israel? What 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 were the Where, stories that the the, the 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 situation in Israel and Palestine? What no. what are they talking about there, Dale? Well, uh, Kylie Minogue uh, has won her second Grammy after twenty years. That's on the front right. page. That's on the front page. <laughs> the front page of the newspaper. Is it really? There's nothing about. Yeah, there's nothing about. There's no, well, if you get to about page twenty three, you might read something about Benjamin Netanyahu. Um, so two of the big news, obviously the big news stories were Kylie Minogue and uh, Taylor Swift, who obviously had the big secret uh, that she'd been keeping for two years. I thought, I thought, has she, has she sort of 
I don't know, maybe she's had a love child with Prince Andrew. It wasn't that. I thought maybe she was a man. It wasn't that. I thought maybe she was the original Banksy. It wasn't that. What it was, was uh, she was bringing out a new album. Wow. Really yeah. important stuff, then. Isn't it? Yeah. You're a singer, songwriter. <laughs> yeah. As I said to my wife, uh, if you were a builder and you just, you know, you said to your wife, I've got a secret for you. Yeah, well, I've been keeping this secret for two years. What is it? We know I've been going out every day. Yeah, what have you been doing? I've been building the house for somebody. Yeah, that's not news, is it? It's not news. So anyway, that's page yeah. one. That's page one. There's, I mean, we've got nothing on, well, we've got nothing on the Ukraine. That's dead and buried. Uh, we've got almost nothing on Israel at all in the two, the main two papers, which are the Australian, the Sydney Morning Herald, the Age, which you can't now buy anywhere. Uh, there's big stories about, I'm sure you don't hear about, there's a Chinese guy who is being held now in China uh, on espionage charges as an Australian citizen, uh, being given a, a two-year suspended death sentence. Uh, if he re-offends, he's going to get the death sentence. And they're all up in arms about, um, you know, China being, being so terrible. China's so terrible. What about Julian Assange? <laughs> yes, well, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say there, Dale, because I have heard about that that case, actually. Oh, so, I that, mean, okay, just, so that is that is in the news over with you? Yes, it is. Um, right. Just... I mean, I'm not typical because I do read all of the news. I, I go through pretty much everything. So I'm not sure how many people in the UK are aware of this. Um, but let's just talk about that. For, so he's he's basically got a suspended death sentence, which means for two years, which yeah. means that if he commits another crime in the next two years, he will be put to death. But if yeah. not, he'll he just spend the rest of his life in jail. In now, yeah, so he's in prison at the moment. So what what offences could he commit there? Um well, no, but so, but what the but the what they seem to be spinning. If you flip forward a few pages in the paper, yeah, it's, you know, it's like double page spread, all different articles about it, and apparently it's because uh, China is trying to scare everyone in Australia, you know, with the kind of you know the com they're trying to scare us all, the communists, right? That's <laughs> apparently what they're trying to do. But obviously, China aren't trying to scare us. The fucking newspapers are trying to scare us. Yeah. And Dale, uh, you rightly went on to Assange. That was exactly what I was thinking about when you mm. brought that story up. Um, because, of course, you know, OK, um, there's no death sentence in terms of what's been handed out to Assange. But he's pretty much, you know, well, he's, he's been in solitary he confinement well for years. Yeah. I would say that that's probably worse than yeah. a death sentence. Five years in Belmarsh. How many? However many years he was in there. I don't remember what South a South American embassy was it. Um, I I forget. I forget. Yeah, but it's not important either. to the story, is it? No, no um, but you know, how long was he in there for? Three, four oh, years. God. Five, five years yeah, in Belmarsh without any charge for releasing information about essentially war crimes that are being committed by the U.S. government. Nothing more scary than the government. Let's be honest. I mean, do you think, Dale, that we um, we have got a free press anymore, or is free speech dead in no, the West now? Of course, it's dead. I'm just a I'm just a bloke on TikTok, and I can't post anything without it being deleted. So imagine if you were actually doing something of serious girth against, you know, you know, against a, a, a maybe a Western government. Just the dude on TikTok gets silent. So what would you, if you're an actual activist doing something pretty hardcore, well, it's proven, isn't it? 
Julian Assange, anyone that says that land of the free and home of the brave in, in America, it must be smoking crack. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I think a lot of Americans have got drug problems at the moment. That's a, yeah, that's a yeah. whole other issue to do with yeah, the border, legal which, I, which I was going to talk to you about, but we've only actually got a minute left, Dale. Um, yeah. It's it's um it's crazy, isn't it? What what is going on in the world? We've had our governments for decades now pointing to China, pointing to Russia, and saying, "Oh, you know, the big baddie, the big communist baddie," yeah, yeah, yeah. where you know if you say the wrong thing, a van turns up in the middle of the night and drags you off, and you're never seen again. You don't need to travel for that now, do you? No, you get it no, here at home. No, and not a whisper about Israel and Gaza. Yeah, Dale, listen. Um, we, we haven't had much time today. I'm going to get you back on very soon. Um, we'll try and get you back on next week because I feel there's lots more that we need to talk about. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, um, the brilliant Dale Penny. Um, thank you very much, Dale. Um, and um, to the rest of you, um, we've got loads more shows on TNT for you this afternoon. So don't go anywhere. Stick with us on today's News Talk. <laughs>